By what name are you known? There are some who call me... Tim? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush. Make sure you go download and stream my new EP, Not Found 2, right now. And did I forget to mention that you are listening to 2010 Minutes? Hey, what's going on? You're tuning into another episode of 2010 Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. It's time to break the stigma by cracking a smile. That introduction was done by Leo Rush in one of my former interviews I did. Uh, and he said 20 Tim minutes, not 20 10 minutes. It's, he totally said 20 Tim minutes, right? It's okay. He still did it for me. I appreciate you. Be sure to go to 2010minutes.com for all your 20 Tim minutes needs. Um, you can download my app on the iTunes, iTunes, iPhone and Android phones, telecommunication phones. You can find me on there. I find it funny that 20 Tim minutes, like the episodes on Tuesdays are roughly 20 minutes, but then I have these interviews with people and they're like, oh, what are these interviews? Like 20 minutes? I'm like, no, it's just like a running gag now, which is kind of cool. It's like my name. Can't really change it at this point. <clears throat> don't want to rebrand. My throat is always clogged the second I start recording and I don't know why. And just want to give you guys a heads up now that it is in effect. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or experiencing a mental health or a substance use crisis, 988 provides connection to free, confidential support. There is hope. The Lifeline works for 24-7 confidential support. Just call, text, or chat to 988. That went into effect. I don't think it went into effect in every state because I was reading up more about it and Massachusetts didn't implement it yet. Like They, they had it coming, but it hasn't been live yet. So I think I was telling people misinformation, but... We still have the numbers, and if you do have an emergency, you can always dial 911, and uh, they will get you to the right people. Um, so, yeah, I went to Six Flags recently. It was awesome. I uh, went on a bunch of rides, and it was so much fun. My anxiety now with rides is a lot higher than what it was when I was younger, but I still went on them, and it was great. I did that three-point contest thing, and I swear they have the hoop like a foot taller than what it normally is. It's probably like 10 feet. And I'm just making excuses because I'm terrible at basketball. But I tried my best. My weight is still an issue with me. I know I talked about that last episode with uh, with uh, men's body images with anorexia. <clears throat> I don't have that, but I'm definitely not at a weight that I want to be. I'm definitely stress eating. And it's affecting my weight and my mental health for sure. Because if you eat well and drink water and go for walks, your mental health is a lot better. Mine, not so much right now. Um, and also my Adderall is like not working anymore. Most people that take Adderall or abuse Adderall are skinny because it curbs your appetite. Um, I take the 25 milligram extended release every day. And then in the afternoon, I take the 20 milligram just regular. And I can sleep on those instantly. Like tonight, I took my 20 milligram, went to the gym and fell asleep on the mats. I, did, I was getting, I was trying to get yoked. I'm trying to get a little bit bigger, you know. Just trying to be in shape, and I think I need to start doing more cardio. So hopefully with this heat wave coming up, I can sweat some more if I go outside and do some yard work, go for a run, you know, all that jazz. Therapy has been going great, still going great. I'm glad that I get to go. And I know I was reading this too about um, inflation. Is uh, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Is my copays. My copays ran up pretty quick because that whole COVID thing, I thought like, 
they were letting every session be free, but I guess it was only three sessions. And I didn't know that. And I had a bill for like 300 bucks of like unpaid um, therapy sessions. So I think I'm going to start asking to do every other week just to save my money because it is not easy out there right now. And uh, I love telehealth. I don't know if I like telehealth more or being in person more with a therapist. I think with telehealth, it's easier because I don't have to drive or go anywhere. Um, I'm in the comfort of my own home. And if I want to hang up, I can just close my laptop. There was a previous episode I've had called I Hung Up on My Therapist, which I actually hung up on my old therapist. Nothing against, actually, no, nothing against her really, but I wasn't feeling her. And I just got so annoyed that I like, I did like the flip phone shut, but with my laptop, I was like, yeah, I'm good. Click. But the in-person is like more personable if that makes, if that, that makes sense, obviously. Um, But it's going well. It's going well. Uh, I was talking about this again, pressured speech. It's something that I have and deal with. Pressured speech is when you have pressured speech, you have an extreme need to share your thoughts, ideas, and comments. It's often a part of experiencing a manic episode. The speech will come out rapidly and it doesn't stop at appropriate intervals. It's difficult to understand what's being said during pressured speech. I have that a lot and I bully people in conversations a lot. I wasn't listened to when I was younger and I was always talked over or not shunned, but what's the word I'm looking for? Like people just wouldn't really listen to me because uh, I wasn't smart or always said something stupid. But then once I get into a conversation, I am very erratic at times. And I'm all over the map and I uh, knock people's ears off about nothing, everything and anything. So I have this tip for myself that I've been te- telling people more and more that if I'm doing that, my trigger will be someone saying, hey, have you talked to your mother today? And boom, it will click in my head that I'm doing this. I'm putting too much pressure on other people when I talk, and I can't do that anymore. So if uh, this is very well known with people with bipolar, I feel like it's an ADHD thing as well. Again, I'm not a doctor, but it just suits it as well. I think maybe with people with ADHD and bipolar, bipolar too, that maybe is why I have pressured speech all the time. Now, I was talking about the high inflation and how that's very stressful with people right now because obviously we are paying for gas more, food more, and just everything else. Like even if we want to go do something fun for ourselves, it's it's like an arm and a leg at this, at this point. So last month, inflation reached 9.1%, a four-decade high. Food, gas, and shelter inflation's rates were most pronounced. Um when the value of people's money decreases, it impacts how much they can spend and their overall stress levels. Yeah, I've talked about money before. I was never really good with money. I'm getting a lot better now. Um, I still do my like buying a coffee, which I don't really need to buy a coffee every day, but I'm just so addicted to it at this point. I don't need it because I'm drinking coffee, doing my Adderall, and I'm still taking naps. I can't sleep at night, but I'm still taking my naps. Oh, Jesus. Some financial tips may lower your anxiety and help as you move through this tricky time. Um, to help that, uh, budgeting is pretty good. They say take public transportation. If you live in Massachusetts, the MBTA is one of the worst transit systems of all time. If you come to Massachusetts and you take the MBTA, do not get off at Quincy Station thinking you're going to Quincy Market. Quincy Market is in downtown Boston. There's a little tip for you. And also, if you watch the New England Patriots play on primetime TV, they always show Boston and Quincy Market. That is nowhere near Foxborough, Massachusetts. 
That's a big scam. So if you come to Massachusetts, you want to go to a Patriots game, not in Boston. Um, so the reasons are COVID-19 pandemic disrupted supply chains and companies can charge a higher amount for their goods. There is a labor shortage, which allows people to ask for a higher wage and cost more to the company. Uh, then Russia's horrific invasion of Ukraine has meant more countries competing for oil from the Middle East instead of buying from Russia. Um, I don't know. Again, I'm not a smart person and I'm in the trust circle of the cat closet and someone could probably break this down for me, but how come we don't run out of oil? I'm very embarrassed to ask that question, but how does oil just keep on being there? Like, I know we can't get to the center of the earth, but we just have an unlimited supply of oil. I honestly think the world's going to explode any minute now, like just combust. I also heard that if the world stopped turning for like even a millisecond, we would all just instantly die. Like we would fly like a million miles away from wherever we are right now. I found that fascinating. And space freaks me out. Like all these galaxies and like, I don't know how they're like zooming in on different galaxies all the time and like going like, oh, here's a black hole over here. Like what telescope are they using? I'm talking about this to make you forget that I'm asking about how oil works. Um, <clears throat> with therapy, 48% of people would be unable to pay for their therapy if the rate increases. And 38% have required help from someone else to pay for their therapy sessions. In fact, about one-third of people have reduced the frequency or stopped attending therapy sessions altogether due to finances. That is very unfortunate. Um, like I just said a minute ago, and which was probably seven minutes ago, I talked about switching to my therapy sessions from every week to every other week. And I have that luxury. Like I, I have a well-paying job, a real job, and I'm very fortunate that I can have therapy every week. But to save money on my end, I think I'm going to go to every other week, especially with my stress levels going through a separation and just everyday life. Um, saving money and budgeting is what we should all try to do and uh, hopefully try to help each other. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pain in the ass for everybody, and I do apologize. So the black culture isn't talked about enough, and I feel like a lot of white people are very nervous to talk about the black community, and I don't know why. It's very a nervous. Like, I have black friends. Growing up where I was, uh, I didn't really have any black friends. I came, I came from a city where it's very Asian populated, and I love other people's cultures. I absolutely love it. I'm not even just saying that. I think other cultures, what they do with their everyday life is just so fucking cool to me, and I absolutely love it. And... I read more and more about the black culture and I read this and we talked about this with Doug Middleton, one of my early interviews. If you want to go back and talk to him, he's an African-American NFL player. And we had such a great conversation about that. And I think we need to break the stigma on talking about different races, even if you're not that race. Obviously I'm whiter than line paper, even though I got 5% Nigerian me, I'm a white guy. Um, but yeah, so anyway, Almost 5 million black Americans say they struggle with mental illness, yet only 30% of those report getting treatment. Stigma is the greatest barrier. And one of the things Doug Middleton said was, is the religion was a big part of that. Anytime you went to a family member, they were like, oh, I'll just help pray it away. And I thought that was very interesting because I know another stigma is like the tough guy, man up stigma of uh, trying to just fight it on your own. And a lot of people can't. 
So I thought that was very interesting. Uh, historically, the stigma among men to communicate their failings and limited mental health resources within the black community result in a very high suicide rate among black men. In addition to the extremely high incarceration rates and high levels of poverty, poverty most face, with suicide being the leading cause of death in black Americans ages 18 to 24. And the suicide rate among black men bring four times the rate, um, uh, four times the rate among black women. 60% of black people believe that struggling with mental health issues shows weakness. That stigma, along with the lack of health insurance, financial challenges, and bias among providers are barriers to black men getting the treatment they need and deserve. Um, so there's this project I, I came across on. I thought it was really cool. It's called the Confess Project. Uh, it combines the comfort of a barbershop with the insight of wisdom of mental health training to remove the barriers to mental health treatment for black men one client at a time. This gentleman, Lorenzo Lewis, came up with it. He said he found that barbershops are somewhat of a safe haven for black men. Uh, they create a safe space where they're more willing to be vulnerable and open up about the hardships they might be facing. Um, and it notes that it's America's first mental health barbershop movement. Their mission is to give black males access to mental health help, as well as support and encouragement. Men are equipped with coping strategies to process stress, trauma, and other mental health issues. I'm a bald guy, and I wish I could go to a barbershop. One time, my two roommates, they took me to a barbershop in, like, South Carolina. And I was the only white guy there. I was wearing a Grateful Dead t-shirt. I stuck out like a sore thumb. And I was sitting there waiting to get my hair cut because no places would cut hair for me. Not like they wouldn't cut hair for me. I couldn't find a place that would cut hair for me. So I went there, and I just sat there and waited and waited. And then when it was finally my turn, I told the guy what I want. But he kind of did his own thing, and I wasn't mad at him, but he made me look like Paul Wall. And I had, like, the straight, like, line fade and cut on – like, I had the tapered back of the neck. Like, I, I looked cool, but I didn't feel cool if uh, you get my – if you get, like, what I'm trying to say. But, like, a dude in a Grateful Dead shirt at, like, a Baba Shop Baba Shop is probably a funny thing to see. Um the Confess Project removes the shame or embarrassment some men feel when they go see a therapist by bringing the therapy to them in the form of their local barber. Black boys and men come in and get their hair cut and can talk, cry, and process their pain. It started in 2016 and has grown exponentially in terms of service they provide and their reach around the world. In 2021 alone, a thousand barbers received training to become mental health advocates. And I think that is so fucking cool because one... It's like you have a job, you're a barber, uh, you have a personal life, you have things to do, bills to pay, you're another human being, and you take the time to um, become a mental health advocate is just awesome. Um, and just to train barbers to do that is just really cool to me. Um, and there are other um, community, uh, other, um, what's the word I'm saying, other projects, uh, there's Therapy for Black Men, Black Emotional and Mental Health Collective, and Black Mental Matters. Um, so those are all pretty cool to go check out. So, um, you got to help, help your fellow man. You got to help your friends, your family, no matter what they are. You know what? We're all the same color when the lights go. That's all I'm saying. All right. Just treat everybody equal. I don't understand it. I just don't, I say this all the time. I don't understand racism. I don't understand like why people are racist. Ne I'll never understand it. It makes zero sense and you cannot justify it to me in one way or another that you can be like, oh, this is why racism is needed. No, you can't. That's impossible for your boy. Um, but yeah, go check that out. 
the Confess Project. Um, Lorenzo Lewis is the uh, man behind it. So yeah, that's uh, that's Tim. That's White Tim talking about it. Um, so I like to talk about me being bipolar a little bit from time to time because I know my episodes aren't being listened to in order or it's skipped or whatever. So I hate being a repetitive type of host. But I want to talk about bipolar. Um, if you don't know what it is, it's a mental health condition defined by periods or episodes of extreme mood disturbances that affect mood, thoughts, and behavior. Wicked fun. There are two main types of bipolar disorders, bipolar 1, that involves episodes of severe mania and, and often depression. Bipolar 2, which I have, uh, involves a less severe form of mania called hypomania. So hopefully you're keeping up with me here. So estimates suggest that around 4.4% of U.S. adults will have bipolar disorder at some point in their lives. I, I am not bipolar. I just have bipolar, and I got to keep reminding myself about that. That shit don't define me. Uh, obviously, it affects me. It affects the people around me, but I'm not bipolar. I just have bipolar. I'm Tim McCarthy, host of the podcast, 2010 Minutes. Go to 2010minutes.com to learn more. Genetics are thought to play a significant role, although brain abnormalities and environmental factors also contribute as causes of bipolar disorder. I'm doing a great job pronouncing words today, and I'm very proud of myself. I'm going to pat myself on the back like my name is Barry Horowitz. If you get that reference, then I like you even more. Mood stabilizers are usually the first-line treatment, but electro... Oh, there we go. I jinxed myself. But electroconvulsive therapy, ECT, may be used to address severe sy symptoms. Um, so yeah, so being bipolar is uh, not fun, obviously. Uh, I'm on multiple medications. I'm on Lamictal, which is a mood stabilizer. I was on Wellbutrin. That's a, a medication to help with uh, winter depression. It's actually pretty good for people that are trying to stop smoking as well. So the... Lamictal is what really helps. And I, I explain it to people. It's like one of the beep, beep machines when someone's on life support. It's like beep, beep. Well, without the medication, mine goes up and down like crazy. And what the medicine does, it kind of caps that. Like it's still going to go up and down, but it's not going to go drastically up or down. Um, but I still have my episodes and my moods. Hypomania and mania is very interesting because it seems like such a positive thing. And people will say like, Oh, that seems like uh, seems like fun. It's not. It's a nightmare, and it always sets you up for disaster. And you always think that everything's going to be great. You're like, oh, everything's going to be great for the rest of my life, and it's not. Like, I'll make empty promises to myself all the time. Like, when I first moved into my house, I'm like, I'm going to build a doghouse. I don't even know how to use a fucking drill, okay? I have so many holes in my wall that I, I give up. I don't even hang things up anymore because I don't know how to do manual labor. It's sad. That's why I got this book, How to Be an Adult, and I still haven't read past chapter one, and I put a sticker over it so no one could see what I'm reading about. Um, yeah, so that's that. I'm going to end with this little uh, tidbit for you. Substituting your typical midday packaged snack for a bowl of fruit may help your overall well-being, a new study finds. In the study published in the British Journal of Nutrition, so we got to believe the British people on this one, People who consumed a diet rich in fruits and vegetables reported a more positive psychological state and were less likely to have symptoms of depression, stress, and anxiety compared to those who do not eat these nutrition 
rich foods regularly. So go out there, get ready your shark bites, your fruit roll-ups, and go grab an apple, an orange, or a clementine. Don't know the difference between an orange and a clementine, but the size, they both taste the difference. If you blindfolded me and made me eat one of the each, I don't know which one is which. I'm a big pineapple guy, big watermelon guy. And people that eat pineapple, there's like that thing where people say, oh yeah, it's sweet. I don't know if that's true or not, so let me know. Um... But thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of 2010 Minutes. Again, you can learn me, learn me, learn more about me on 2010minutes.com. Uh, you can also text me. I'm going to try to remember the number offhand, 781-523-9333. This week I have on Chris Mancini, director, producer, podcaster, writer. Guy is a jack of all trades. You'll listen to him on Thursday. Um, thank you to Leo Rush for that introduction. Make sure to go download his album for free, maybe. Yeah, you can, like, is it free if you pay for Spotify? But sometimes you don't have to pay for Spotify for music. Go listen to Kesha. That's what I do. If you need a musical artist that cheers you up, use Kesha. If not, let me know who you use. I thank you guys so much. I love you. And have a good one. And we're clear. <laughs> this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.